Hello, and welcome back to the Security Metrics Podcast. I'm Jen Stone. I'm one of the principal security analysts here at Security Metrics, and I'm very excited to have back with me again today. If you haven't heard him before, he's been on before, you've loved him before. I know this because people give me these comments. And he has his own podcast with one of his colleagues here at Security Metrics that, where they talk about the news. Hef, oh. hey, I was going to do a bio, but I... I, I can't read this bio because it's no longer current. Will you please yeah. tell us about yourself? So I get the great opportunity to find threats for our clients, and I am the deputy CISO here at Security Metrics. So nice. we are out there, the team and I are trying to find the bad guys and notify our clients. We like to think of ourselves as the Smokey the Bears. So we're out there just, hey, we found a fire. We found a fire. You got to go put out the fire. Nice. So that's what we're doing. I heard also that you have been dubbed unofficially the uh, security evangelist oh, thank you. for Security Metrics. So um, that's pretty high praise. Yeah, we're doing a lot of great things here, and we don't sometimes... Get it out. We don't get the message, the word out I, there. Well, you're doing your about. you're doing your best, and I love being able to be part of that. Um, so, one of the things that that uh, I wanted to talk to people about was kind of um, cyber trends because yeah. people are asking me, well, like they're actually anxious about the future. Where are we going? Every time we feel like we get a handle on something, something new pops up. And what about all of these companies that we, we thought were good and they're getting popped? And you know, wow. so so I want you to to look into your magic ball. Oh, I can do this. I can do this. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And then <laughs> tell me, how do we predict the future? Jen, oh, it's so hard. I mean, it's so hard to try to predict the future. And, you know, knowing where the bad guys are going is so challenging. And especially, yeah. you know, for these small businesses yeah. to try to figure it all out. And, and hiring expensive cyber people is not the best and easy thing to do. Yeah. And there's options out there to not have to go that pathway. Mm -hmm. and, and now, Jen, the ransomware variants, yes. because of this Russian cyber or Ukrainian war thing, yeah. we're seeing all these variants. And the real dangerous ones right yeah. now are data wiping malware. That can drive a small business right out of the- Right. It's not just, hey, we're going to lock this up, and uh, but we'll give it back to you. No. No. no straight up, data's getting- taken right out of systems. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, imagine if you're a business owner and you come in and your entire computer's everything locked and they're demanding this huge ransom, which you can't pay. Yeah. And then you don't have anyone to help you really get everything back online. Yeah. So it's it's nuts. It really is. And, um, the, and then they're, they're left going, well, how do I, re do I pay? Do I rebuild? Do I give up and go start uh, I don't know, raising chickens. Uh, everybody oh, should raise chickens, do, just yeah. so you know. <laughs> There's no money in it, but... <laughs> it's, it's peaceful. It is peaceful. It's a balance, right? So we don't get burned out. And there's food. So, <laughs> but but no, I mean, people p will put their hearts and souls into these companies. And I, that's actually how Security Metrics got started. Right, Our right. CEO, he he was a, a victim of, of, a, of a breach and, and had dealt with. And so that's that what drives us here is we don't want that to happen to no. other people. And so... You know, what What do we, how do they face this yeah. without and, stressing out too and, much? And the trends are just unreal. The complexity of these tactics, techniques, these procedures that these bad guys are using. And I really tried to take a perspective of if I owned a business, yeah. where would the future go? Mm -hmm. If I was a network administrator for a business, what would I look right. at? If I was a director of IT, what would I look at? Right. And focus my energy and efforts on trying to answer your question, mm -hmm. the top trends that we're going to see in the future. Do you know the way that you that you um, framed that I think is, is critical because um, small businesses, medium business, large businesses will often get um, either people that work for them or people who try and help them out that don't think about their business needs 
first. Yes, yes. And and knowing what what does the business do? How does it make its money? How, how do we uh, how do we stay functioning and and profitable? Because that is the nature of a business. Yeah. Right. Instead, they'll get they'll get kind of uh, technology wonks that want them to get all of the technology and all of the tools and all of the people yep. that may or may not address the actual needs of the organization. Yeah, and, the, and you know, the enterprise level, they can just throw money at these problems. Yeah. And for other businesses, they can't. So I wanted to take that balance with giving these trends to the audience on right. taking that balance. So, And that's really kind of leads us into the first trend, which is we're headed for this ecosystem of cyber haves and cyber have nots. Mm. And it's so many businesses, Jen, I know, I know you see this, you have to see this, yeah. where they're struggling mm-hmm. underneath that security poverty line. Yes. And being able to have the resources to participate in that kind of crazy environment where they've got old pieces of equipment, mm-hmm. they don't do automation, uh, they don't have the resources to make it happen, to, and they're probably never ever going to engage in that crazy environment of right. throwing money at a problem. And that, I think that's really what we do here at Security Metrics. We do that really good, where we, we try to help businesses stay above that security poverty line. Yeah. And that is really trend line number one that's yeah. going on right now. And so... It is interesting when I see um, organizations that suddenly are faced with, oh, you need to be PCI compliant and a third party has to look at it for the first time yeah. or high trust or HIPAA, what, whatever the, the standard or regulation is, and they bring us in and they've never had third party eyes on. So they've gone mm-hmm. along, you know, doing their best. They've got uh, antivirus on basically and some things, but they don't even realize the extent to which they are vulnerable and they don't understand the potential costs uh, of of creating that yeah. and so sometimes um i i like to, to give them solutions that are architectural in other words um taking a lot of that vulnerable attack surface away from their business yep. and put it onto a third party and that's that's a perfect story it really is that's a perfect approach it's, it's the perfect storm right now jen we've got you know this combination of tight budgets inflation old equipment, perhaps staffing. They may not have the staff or the resources to devote to stopping hackers. And then we've got ransomware as a service, all these vendors out there that are attacking Mm -hmm. a huge footprint for many of these businesses to try to protect. And then, then, Jen, we've got this crazy thing with threat actors using automation to attack. So in the past, it was us, the good guys, using automation to try to make 10 people feel like a hundred people yeah. and now the threat actors are doing that too. And then you marry that with this fabric of uh, all of these breach reporting laws that are mm-hmm. changing state by state. Right. PCI, you just did a, a podcast about that yeah. and how those, those things are changing and businesses can't devote the resources. It It's literally impossible to keep up with the Joneses. So yeah, yeah. staying above the poverty security line is really the, the first trend line that we're seeing out there. Yeah. I think that's, that seems accurate to me as well. Well, let's go on to trend number two. You, you gave me a list of trends and I, I thought they were spot on. I'm super excited because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yes. I thought, oh no, do I have to write this list? But no, you provided me with amazing <laughs> things. Trend number two, more reframing of business approaches and yeah. expectations. Can you speak to that a little bit? What does that mean? Yeah, and I, you know, I think what it is, Jen, it's this aggressive threat environment, right? We talked about ransomware as a service, mm-hmm. all these third-party breaches, the huge footprints that these businesses have to protect, and it's becoming more aggressive threat environment, and it's realistic 
um, excuse me, unrealistic expectations, Jen, that are out there. And this perception that the business owner may say, well, I have a network administrator who will handle it, or I've got an IT director, and or I'm going to just give it to security metrics or a vendor to, yeah. to handle all my security. But the reality is, expectationally, they're not going to be able to prevent all the breaches. So yeah. businesses have to reframe their expectations and reframe their focus. And there's a couple ways they can do that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one one example is, you know, when we have that comment where we say, well, the CISO prevents all the breaches or the IT director or the vendor uh, stops all the breaches. And really the reframing there becomes something like the leader is going to facilitate more of the risk management. Yes. The vendor. Security metrics may help us reframe and facilitate our risk management. I had a specific conversation about that just yesterday with a CEO of a company that was a small company, but he was trying to meet, um, uh, in his case, it was high trust, some specific things there. And he wanted to know uh, uh, how how to answer the question about um, some firewall configurations and firewall rules. And he says, well, we have an MSP and they just set up our firewall for us. Yeah. And I said, okay, what rules, what understanding? Because when you have uh, a, an MSP that distributed decision-making comes broader and broader. Yep. If they are not clear what you as a leader want from for your company, then they're not going to implement it properly. They just think, oh, you want information to flow. I'm going to give you a firewall that lets information flow. Yeah. And But instead, if you as a, as a leader of your company, you're the CEO, you say to them, what are the firewall rules in and out of my organization and why are they open? Bingo. Then you start, you don't have to be a, an expert in firewall rules to have this conversation with the MSP that's handling your firewall management for you. Right, right. Here, here's another great example. And that's a perfect example, by the way. Um, I always hear the conversation is cyber risk is a security problem. Cyber risk is a security problem. <laughs> and a reframing of that would yeah. be, Cyber risk is a is a business risk, and yes. it's one risk out of many mm-hmm. that we need to have on our plate and give some sort of scoring to yes. and priority to in so our environment. So you can balance it against the other priorities in that business environment. Yeah. Um, what's another leadership misconception? I often hear where speed, uh, security is a roadblock to speed. Security is a roadblock to speed. I hear that too. And you know, sometimes you hear the thing, well, security, they're just going to be the police department and they're just going to come in and yeah. put in all these security settings department and Department of no. Yeah, the department of no. And really the reframing there becomes something like um, security is an agile way to help us secure the business. Right. And it could be one such tool in our arsenal to help the business lower risk. Right. So. And and if that, well, there's another thing. So let's say that you have a security group and they have established a multi-factor authentication against the cheapest one that they could do, but it happens to be kind of a drag for the people using it. Yeah. Well, what if leadership says, no, our priority is we want this to be seamless to the users, find a better solution, and we're willing to pay more for it. But if the leadership isn't part of that decision making yep. for the, from with the security team, how is the security team going to know what the priorities are and how to fulfill that? Yeah. So leadership has to be part of that conversation. And this really gets us into trend number three, which is all about. And before I get there, I, I always like there's a quote that I heard, and that is, you know, we we train security people how to do security better, but we do it with no resources. We we have to kind of change that approach and change that expectation where we have to really be thinking about holistically a bigger picture, um, s- systemic risk and yeah. looking, we, we, we talked before the show started about 
Threat modeling. Threat modeling. Doing more threat mm-hmm. modeling. And, and yeah. I think that's such a fun activity. And more businesses need to engage in that kind of discussion. But really, that kind of leads us into trend three, which is prioritizing your environment with high business value. And threat so, modeling is all about this trend. What, where can, if you're doing decision-based risk thinking, mm-hmm. where can you add business value with security? Mm-hmm. And, and you're again, you're not going to be able to protect everything in your environment. If you have a huge footprint, mm-hmm. you got to kind of focus on what are the crown jewels in your environment mm-hmm. and then, you know, go, go from there. So we have a big saying that we use in our department. Mm-hmm. He who defends everything defends nothing. Yeah. And the reality is for me to defend a business, uh, we have to kind of prioritize what are the most important areas that we are going to defend and, and focus on. Yeah. So. I have another example for, for this. About six, eight months ago, I had a conversation with a company that was trying to become PCI compliant for the first time. Yeah. Um, they uh, were overwhelmed because they have a very complex organization, lots of systems, lots of different types of systems, um, and a flat network. And if anybody knows what a flat network is, I'll explain it because I don't want to leave anyone out of the conversation. But if you have a network where everything in your network can communicate with everything else, you have a flat network. Yeah. You know, if there's no if there's no gates there, if you have if you have subnets where you're kind of chunking that network up. Yeah, segmentation so you, on yeah, that area. Yeah. That prevents the bad guy from really traversing very quickly and moving laterally through your, your environment. Exactly. So this this organization was complex. It was a flat network. There there were a lot of people in a very small security team. And so they were asking me specifically about how to implement the different requirements. And I said, look, before we go down this path, I want to ask you if you've considered maybe re-architect your network so that you have a PCI specific subnet Beautiful. that is very restricted. It, it does your do your business processes support this this type of thinking? If everything doesn't have to communicate with each other, then maybe take these things out and and let them only communicate in very specific ways. And that way, you're going to get even though I get that uh, rearchitecting a network and putting in different firewalls, etc., is going to be time consuming in the end it's going to get them there faster and it's going to cost them less and it's going to allow them to focus on protecting the crown jewels like you were saying right but you know i gotta tell you you know you don't even have to spend money on that piece just renaming parts of your network that have been segmented off in different uh we call it security through obscurity so if you instead of renaming your network this is the pci network (laughs) you give it a color name right this is the red network this is the green network this is the blue network threat actors are not gonna slows them down a bit it slows them down a little bit so yeah that's a great great approach and again you know with this whole trend number three prioritizing areas with high business Mm -hmm. value jen it, it really goes down to foundationally concentrating on a relatively small number of activities that are going to give you the greatest return on your time, mm-hmm. return on your resources in securing your environments. So, right. Yeah. And 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 the 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 way that um, this prioritization works is if you do threat modeling and you say, all right, if we get into these systems, it is literally going to level us. Yeah. We, we can't do business. We're going to lose revenue stream. It's it's everything's going to drop. But if somebody gets into these systems, it's going to be annoying. And it's probably going to yeah. impact our bottom line a bit, but it's not going to like take down our company. Yeah. And so that's where you where you can uh, understanding the business side of things helps you model the threats against those things and put the the right kind of resources towards what's really important. Big time. And when most people approach this trend, prioritizing areas with high business value, they typically take a different pathway. They'll either go, well, let's look at the areas that have uh, revenue impact. Where can we secure the areas that have revenue impact? 
Or do we look at things that can um, create more cost efficiency in our environment? Or a third pathway might be, do we look at risk mitigation? And really, those are kind of like the questionnaires. Where areas add the most value to the business that we can secure? So yeah. that is really, a, it's an awesome trend line. And you're going to see more and more businesses do that. This episode is brought to you by Security Metrics Shopping Cart Monitor Inspect. It's a revolutionary new product that can help you detect any problems with your shopping cart security, allowing you to effectively improve your e-commerce security. Here's what I know about it. A lot of times people say, well, hey, I'm PCI compliant because I passed my SAQA. Great. You're missing most of the things that people are actually stealing information from right now. Shopping Cart Monitor was created to actually close those gaps and help you against things like MageCart and other known e-commerce issues. To learn more about this shopping cart monitor, head to our website, securitymetrics.com. So I did have another quote. And one of the other quotes is, is, is helping small to medium-sized businesses especially emphasize risk-based decision-making. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it's, I don't, I don't think I've ever met any business that has ever said something like, oh, we have everything we need. We're good to go. We, <laughs> we're good. We're awesome. Uh, you know, but risk-making, risk-based decision-making means putting energy, time, resources, efforts into perhaps one or two or three specific areas that are going to give you that big bang for your buck. Yeah. And that's where it really has to be. All right. So what is trend number four? Well, it's it's all about making 10 men or women feel like 100. And you remember that movie Star Wars Rogue One? Have you ever seen it? You have not? Oh, well, it's a common quote in that movie that, you know, make 10 men or women feel like 100. And and that is really trend number four is about empowering your entire business to help lead security activities. Now, before we go on, I want to make it clear that my first crush was Han Solo. It was Han Solo. Excellent. Excellent. It's not that I dislike. I love Star Wars, the first movie that came out before they changed it. And I, I really haven't liked anything since. <laughs> you know what? You're not alone in there. If you get on Reddit right now, that's what everyone's talking about. Oh, is right? it? Yeah. Why <laughs> are these new ones? Alone. I don't like these new Star Wars movies. <laughs> no. All right. But you know, again, you're helping your business lead security activities. And for what I like to think of it as developing good cyber judgment, that's what I like to call okay. it as. So for these small to medium-sized businesses, again, they have limited staff, limited resources. Um, and what you're going to try to do is help it, it really equip all the employees with a security mindset. And here's a great example, right? An employee comes into work and they say, you know, I got this really weird email, uh -huh. but they don't share it with anybody. They don't mm -hmm. talk about it other than just maybe in a casual conversation. Oh, I got this weird email. And it was a, maybe it was a phishing email. But now uh, a, a different approach might be actually having that employee say, hey, I got this email. I want to share it with all of you yeah. so you don't click on it because right. I think it's a fish. Right. So everyone raises the ship. Everyone raises the bar. Everyone feels confident that they're helping make good cyber judgment to help protect the business. So um, there's a couple areas in here where vendors like us, for example, Security Metrics, we really excel where we're helping lead some of those security activities, mm -hmm. but we're not owning it. We're helping them get to the finish line, figure out where the risks are, and you know you have different levels of trust in that. Mm -hmm. So as you gain levels of trust with your employees, you can offload some of those activities to them. Yeah, so. and you know nothing builds builds trust quite like um, having confidence in yourself and confidence in what the other person is going to do. And so, yeah. um, if you if you are confident enough to come in and say, "Hey, I got this weird email. Do you want to take a look at it?" Right, because they trust you. Yeah, big time. Because you have confidence in them, 
and and that they're going to 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 do this in good faith, and nobody's going to get mad at somebody else. Right. Right. So so many times that we kill this security culture because people get in trouble. Like some of these horrible phishing campaigns um, that that just make people feel bad about themselves yeah. and don't actually raise knowledge and understanding. Or, or um, you know, there's there's different cases where people just get in trouble for security issues when instead of they can be used as a teaching moment. They can be used as so so even when you do something that you're like, ah, I think I did something sketchy. Are you going to go to somebody you don't trust with that? Yeah, I, I meant to ask you. I mean, I, I know when you go in to do an audit, the first time you've ever meet with a client, they're probably relying more on you as yeah. a subject matter expert. Yeah. But then as you go through time and you do multiple audits, mm -hmm. do you notice the trust levels change? You can offload some of those tasks. They're already coming into the audit in year two and three more prepared, even more prepared yeah. by year three and four. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you see that. So that's that's really what this is yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's it's understanding, well, uh, knowing everybody's capabilities and what they what they are going to present to you when you get there. Yeah. It, from a, from an assessor's pr perspective, it, it's interesting. If I'm working with a company for the very first time, I can always tell the ones that have been basically abused by previous auditors, right? So because they're they only give short answers. They don't oh, volunteer yeah. anything. They're they're worried that they're going to get just thrown under the bus for anything that that might need remediation. And and what I tell them is, look, PCI is geared towards collaborative work. Big time. You know, we are going to look at this together. And I'm not going to tell you you failed. We're going to look at together. I'm going to point out what the what the um, standard says. You're going to say how you think you meet it. And and together we're going to find out when there's gaps and yeah. you're going to have the opportunity to fix it, right? And so uh, year on year, I don't have to have that conversation the next year because they'll say, hey, remember when we fixed that gap last year? It's still in place this year. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you'll see like ASV scans weren't run properly, right? Or, or, or you know, something like that. And then they're, then they're very, they're just stoked that they can tell me we did all of these things that we talked about last year and we had to kind of scramble to fix. We did it all right this year, right? Yeah. So, so making them feel like they take ownership for those fixes they take ownership for knowing what needs to be done. It, it creates that high level of trust and confidence, and then security culture is built. Yeah, and that kind of leads us into the next trend line, which is we're seeing more and more companies do this uh, holistic, and I love that word, holistic. People just throw it out there all the time. <laughs> holistic security awareness programs. And I'm sure you've seen this where you have companies that just do, they, they check the box security, yep. and we're not like that here at Security mm -hmm. Metrics. We want we want people to do more more training than just one time a year. So, yeah. oh yeah, we did our, our, our one little training class on cybersecurity yeah. and phishing and so on. But, you know, human error continues to be the factor in almost all of these data breaches. And there was this report that came out, something like, 44% of all ransomware victims were less than 100 employees. Mm -hmm. um, I think the report said something like 82% of all ransomware attacks. It targeted organizations that had yeah. less than 1,000 employees. And the number one vector, initial attack vector, has always been phishing, and it's not going away. So all employees kind of need to be part of that process of security training is not one time a year. It's Ex all exactly. the time. If somebody gets phished. Yeah. But then they have to take an action. They do. Give yeah. information or download something. And then malware is in the system and then they're, you're done. Right? But that first piece, yes. I, I love that we need to recognize that human error is a factor. But if we know that, maybe instead of trying to train our way out of this issue, 
Maybe we should look at the second step. You can't download something. <laughs> right. And or, there's, there's controls and there's technical controls out there that can be done to help prevent, prevent and mitigate some of that exactly. stuff. Exactly. Or yeah. like, like um, the, it's kind of the famous one. We, we hear this happen every once in a while. Hey, it's the CEO and I need you to wire transfer this to this. Well, there should be processes in place that don't allow one person to kick off a high dollar anything to anyone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so instead of um, um, saying, "Hey, you, you just need to be aware of things that are going to happen," and then recognize it and deal with it properly when it happens. No. No. And, and you know, that's a problem too. I mean, obviously it's a resource challenge issue, but IT teams need to be thinking about moving away from outdated compliance focused security awareness and training programs right. and going more towards a holistic approach. So, you know, right. what does that look like for a small to medium sized business? Well, it means a new way of thinking. And we kind of gave out that one example where an employee gets a fish and they don't just keep it to themselves. They share it with the company. Say, hey, you're not going to believe what I found. I got this fish and I want you right. all to be aware of it so you don't get popped with it. So it's a challenge moving away from this just one training a year and yeah. going to the holistic. Yeah, yeah. So, so yes, definitely um, a, a cyber uh, security awareness instead of a security training is going to help, but then making sure that you have not just uh, technology tools, but also processes, defined processes in place where you know you potentially could get popped yeah. for, for big dollars. And it's a big part of what we do here at Security Metrics, where we have this YouTube channel mm -hmm. where we put together these 10-minute videos talking yeah. about the latest phishing emails that have come out, the latest threats, mm -hmm. so your team's aware of it and your business is aware of it. So right. 10 minutes of your life to know what what the newest threats are, I think is a reasonable Also, some of ask. them are super entertaining. They are, they are. <laughs> which kind of gets us into trend number six, which is the attack surface. And yeah. that's just expanding exponentially. I cannot tell you folks yeah. how crazy the attack surface is right now. Um, and you think about it, for a business that you you help out, they have not just the cash registers, they have mm -hmm. their online shopping carts, all that back office computer stuff, um, all those servers, uh, probably third parties, real yeah. complex supply chains they got cloud now in their environment all yeah. those social media accounts that are exposed a lot of attack surface right that's out there that for a small business a medium-sized business that's real difficult to try to get a handle on right exactly and attack surface is something we talk about all the time but some people might be going what are you talking about attack surface is just the way the bad guys get in and it yeah. could be anything. It could, it could be, be, and it's some. You know, we think of surface as something physical, but it's not in this world. It's yeah. it's very you know different digital um, uh, assets can be popped in different ways. It's it's amazing how big the attack surface is, and you can't you can't approach it and try to do it all at once. You know, how do you eat a fit? How do you eat a shark or a whale? You eat one bite at a time. Well, it's very similar to cybersecurity. You're going to prioritize your environment, business business first. Um, but you know, we we're don't eat the whales, half. <laughs> we don't eat whales. We don't eat the whales. <laughs> don't eat the whales, folks. Uh, but you know, um, a lot of businesses they don't they don't really even know how big their attack no. surface is. Yeah. So uh, a hot trend that we're seeing right now is subdomain takeover attacks. And you're going to hear a lot more about this in the news, folks, where you're what what's exposed on the website of the house. Mm -hmm. um, you got to really understand how big that is in your environment. So um, some so many businesses don't have IR plans, incident response plans. Right. Uh, they don't have policies in place. Or they, they haven't tested them. If you do get taken over, how, do you negotiate with the bad guys? Do you have a Bitcoin wallet? If you are, I don't recommend oh. you negotiate with bad guys. And but, deciding that yeah. in the moment is the worst time no, to decide. No, that's it. the last place you need to be. So, you know, having those decisions are already made and laid out in a yeah. process and a policy helps. But that attack surface, folks, is just going to keep getting bigger. So 
let's uh, let's move on to number seven. Yeah, this is the big one that's been in the news. Obviously, we talked about um, in past in our briefings and stuff. We talked about the supply chain attacks. Yes, so that's been the hot news. It's <clears throat> the Colonial Pipeline and Microsoft Exchange mm-hmm. Server. All those breaches, uh, Log4j was the most recent one yeah. that hit the news. They're not going away anytime soon. So getting a handle on what third parties are in your environment mm-hmm. and having a process in place to manage that, know what risk they create for you is critical. Right. You know, Before you choose a vendor, do your homework. Right. I mean, it's really do your due diligence. Know what's what you're, who you're bringing on as a partner. Yeah. That risk-based thinking. Spend a little extra time researching that vendor before you bring them in your environment. Exactly. And and if that vendor, if you're relying on that vendor and their security to not take down your business, you know, you need to look at your side of it. What happens if what happens if you're using a vendor that does um get breached? In what way is that going to affect your business? Yeah. And then that can help you make decisions on how do I from from inside kind of uh, mitigate anything that might happen there. Um because y- you can't you can't always predict what's going to happen with some of these third parties. Um, I know that that PCI tries to help this and, and, and some of the other standards as well by saying, yeah. look, if you're using a third party, they need to be certified. Well, but there's different levels of certification. So I see hundreds of um, AOCs, attestations of compliance from service providers every year. Yeah. And some of them are terrible. They're, they are. They're. I'll. I'll read and because, crayon. They're written in crayon. Oh my gosh! <laughs> right? Yeah. They're obviously. Just about some, the yeah, it's just about. Um. But but so sometimes I'll say to to you know a customer I'm doing a, a report for them and 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 I'll say all right show me the uh, whatever AOCs you have from your service providers they'll hand them over I'll look through them I'll and if if they are self attested which is service providers allowed to do they're allowed to go through and check their boxes and sign the thing. You have to ask yourself, to what degree is this service provider serious about this? Yeah. Are they just handing over a piece of paper that was signed by some guy in marketing so that they could get your business? Mm-hmm. Or did they actually thoughtfully go through these things? Yeah, security theater is what a lot of companies yeah. do. They're not they're not actually in it to help you. They're just in it to collect a check. And that's yeah. the wrong business. You, you don't want to be hiring them. Yeah, and so whenever I see that, I'll, I'll say to the, the, the business that I'm working with, look, you can, you're allowed to accept this. You're allowed to even do business with a company that is not yeah. um, certified or doesn't have an AOC. But you are responsible for your due diligence. So that means I want to see a line item in your risk assessment that discusses your businesses, yeah. your leadership's decision to go with this organization that refuses to do any more than the bare minimum for you. Yeah. I got to throw out a quick stat. Um, I heard a stat by 2025, 45 percent of all businesses worldwide will have experienced a third-party supply chain attack so look, throw that out that's crazy 2025 45 percent of all businesses will have an attack on their supply chain um, so again get get a handle on your third parties know what's in your environment and know how they what their approach is to, to security yeah so yeah all right trend number eight you want to talk about this one yeah consolidation of vendors yeah mm-hmm. I think this is a trend that's gonna you're gonna see more and more you're starting to hear it at, at the enterprise level and it's gonna start trickling down where you know these businesses are getting out there and they're hiring all these third-party vendors they're outsourcing everything and the attack surface keeps expanding and third-party breaches keep expanding so how do you fix that and the really one pathway to take is to reduce the complexity of your environment mm-hmm. and and you mentioned you mentioned the flat 
networking, uh, the flat network. That's one approach to it. But again, this trend for small to medium sized businesses yeah. is huge. You can reduce your administrative overhead costs, make it easier for your security team to defend that environment. Mm -hmm. And again, this is what we do at Security Metrics. We're a one-stop shop. You can get it all, the complete package, consolidate the vendors, one vendor that can can really help you out from compliance to pen testing to finding the the, the threats all in one package. Yeah, yeah. I think that, um, that like you said, the complexity, because uh, the more responsible any organization is for the security of its of its supply chain, and and this is more and more in the news, and so I wouldn't be surprised if we get some kind of I don't know regulations. I hate regulations, yeah. but you know <laughs> it's coming. It's coming, and then they exist. And and um, if, if you look at that and say, well, how do I, as a small or medium business, or even an enterprise business, how do I juggle all of these service providers? It's yeah. n it's no it's no easy feat. Like just because you have service providers doesn't mean it doesn't take time from somebody in your organization to manage that relationship. Big time, big time. Yeah, and, and this uh, is not really connected so much to the last trend, but the trend number nine is identity and access management. And what we're seeing, especially for small to medium-sized businesses, we mentioned phishing as a primary attack vector. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the top ones out there is threat actors going into your environment, getting in through your identity and access management misusing credentials, getting access to those credentials, and then yeah. misusing them in your environment. Yeah. So this has to be a risk-based decision here. How important is it that your front door is locked? Yeah. That when people log into their their software in your environment, that that considerable effort has to be placed on securing this area. Well, but I have a username and password that I log in with. <laughs> but we haven't changed it in how long? Oh, yeah. That's... Okay, well, but I have to be able to log in from my home. Right, and that's where the business needs to take a... <laughs> They have to take a risk-based right. approach. Exactly. You know, you exactly. have to understand what's best for the business. It's not what's best what Jen says or Hef here says. It's what's best for the business. Right. So. And there are ways to do all of the functions that you need as a business remotely in this new remote world of ours Yeah. Um, that, that are are reasonable, like multi-factor authentication. Yeah, that's huge. Do you want to use a username and a password only? Well, that's dumb. Or on Authenticator. <laughs> Using Authenticator is very helpful. You, you, you want to use some other thing that, that somebody can't just know and type in from where they are, yeah. right? Because chances are that, that you might give that password up and that it wouldn't it would be again those phishing attacks. So if you're in a company where where you're allowing people to work remotely and all they have to do is use a username and password to get in from home and all they have to do to let a, a bad guy in is give at, give up that username and password, then you haven't put in place the tools, the technologies that are going to um, help help that help that person help themselves. Yeah, and you know, let me add to that because again, we're talking about trend number nine here. Mm -hmm. um, identity, access management, mm -hmm. all that that detection and response yeah. when a bad guy gets in. But it's not just all those technical controls. Mm -hmm. It's also having the right policies in place. Yeah. For example, and I've had a couple clients do this where an employee leaves the company, but they leave that account active. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Well, no. They don't have any process. No, I processes. can't imagine it because I see it. It's not good. <laughs> the inactive accounts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's crazy to me that you'd leave that stuff up and running. But the reality is that particular client did not have a policy in place to say, we need to remove, as crazy as this sounds, we need to remove 
all these inactive accounts, they never had a policy to Yeah, and to so nobody's going to do it if nobody's told to do it. Right. I mean, they might get somebody that goes, hey, I think this is a good idea. But but typically, it's unless it's formally written down and these are the policies and procedures that we follow, you know, change, turnover changes things. You, you, it's a mixed bag. Who's going to think of something who's not? It is, it is, it is. I feel like we should have a drum roll for number 10. Ooh. Final trend that we're going to talk about. Yeah, drum roll, please. <laughs> uh, cybersecurity mesh architecture. It's a big word. Word, that it? is. What does that mean? <laughs> and a lot of people probably have never heard this term before, but this is really a trend for the future here where cybersecurity does not exist in isolation. <laughs> Everything that we do builds upon one another. So if you're brand new to the table and you're worried about your PCI, that's the first step. Um, and maybe that's not even the first step. Maybe you've already done your, your basic cyber hygiene, for example. You know where you, what, what assets you have in your environment. You know um, what version numbers of software you, and hardware you have in your environment. You have a list of all your third-party vendors. Um, but really, you start to have a mesh architecture is one where the policies, the processes, the apps that you chose to put in your environment, the hardware, uh, your cloud security, your third-party, they all work harmoniously together. And it's like a beautiful ballet when it's done correctly. <laughs> yeah. And you're seeing this right now at the enterprise level where they're trying to roll out a, a common integrated security structure, mm -hmm. architecture, where everything can talk to each other. So you know when contracts are expiring, for example, with right. your third parties. You know when you haven't done your training, all right, and you haven't done it every month. You know, those kind of things. Um, they all become easier when everything's talking to everything. So this this type of orchestration that you're talking about, are, are there groups out there already doing it? There are. In fact, there are tools that obviously you can leverage and purchase, but you know, you don't have to go that pathway. You can simply just start up with some basic steps in your own environment where you start to mesh everything together and, and, and that is one pathway to take to make this happen without spending money. But you're going to hear a lot more about this term. It's not going away. Mesh architecture. Terrific. So. All right. Well... Thank you so much for joining me and, and talking to me about these future trends. I know that, yeah. that a lot of people are going to be super interested in, and, and you brought a lot of interesting concepts to the table. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. There is an order of operations, obviously, and we throw out a lot of concepts, a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of topics here. But you know, when you roadmap all this out, there's a pathway that you can take where this makes sense, where you're, you're not trying to go from trend one to trend five and you miss all these things in, in between. But I hope the audience got value from it. I know, I know we love talking about it. So. Yeah, no, that was great. So thank you for joining us once again here at the Security Metrics Podcast. Um, and I hope you share this with people who might also find it interesting, like, comment, um, and look forward to talking to you again in the future. Bye. Thanks for watching. To watch more episodes of Security Metrics Podcast, click on the box on the left. If you prefer to listen to this podcast, it's available on all your favorite podcast platforms. See you on the slopes.